Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. Well, today may just be me. Dr. Kelly is having some internet issues, but that's okay. We're going to give you guys a wonderful show today. And so today's topic of the show is about finances. And I know many people think, oh my gosh, what does that have to do with intimacy? But it has a lot to do with intimacy in the sense of when I talk and and counsel many relationships and many couples, many times one of the things they struggle with is the struggle of the communication of finances. And so today's topic is finances and what's the plan of going forward and retirement. But before we go to today's topic, I just want to let you guys know a couple of things about bringing intimacy back. So one of the things is, of course, we're turning to a nonprofit. And as a nonprofit, the nonprofit that we are sponsoring this month is Our Mother's Home. It's a great organization for young moms. Um, They host young teenage moms and they help them get on their feet, which is a wonderful organization. Another thing I wanted to let you guys know um, in relation to bringing intimacy back, if you need any kind of resources, my third book is out. So there's a third, there's the first book about intimacy between you, yourself, and your spouse. And then that internal intimacy of self-intimacy is out. And then the third book is Everyday Expressions. How do you become intimate in everyday expression? And the last thing about bringing intimacy back, I just want to let you guys know that we're doing a retreat in Costa Rica, and you'll hear more information about that. Well, let me bring on my guest here. Uh, my guest is Jim Magadans. And Jim, welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thank you so much, Dr. April. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. So as Jim has held for, what, 40 years of experience? Yes. And you've been a certified a lot of things, a certified employee benefit specialist, a certified financial consultant, a certified um, for senior living, or yes, yes, and a certified special needs consultant. So a lot of things certified in the sense of preparing individuals and couples into better financial situation for now and in the future. Yes. Yeah, so welcome to the show. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, for example, like that chartered advisor for senior living deals with a lot of interpersonal relationships, particularly with end-of-life issues, and we just get into so many different dynamics of of family assets and so forth. So these these two concepts really blend together. Yeah, and definitely, um, as, as I was listening on the news today, um, I live in Florida, and our COVID numbers are extremely high. And one of the social workers at the hospital was talking about how there have been so many um, people who have passed away, especially some men, and these women have not been able to um, know anything about finances. 
and how, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, we've got to figure things out before something happens. So I think this is a very good topic for us to talk about. Um, before I get started, since this show is about intimacy, how do you define intimacy? Well, that's a great question, Dr. April, particularly when it comes to finances. Part of the intimacy is that over time, or even at the beginning of relationships, people have situations which maybe they don't feel comfortable sharing with another person. Mm -hmm. And so what that intimacy allows you to do is share, hey, you know, I defaulted on this loan and I'm paying it back and I won't have it paid off for 10 years. Uh, but I'm addressing it and uh, being a responsible person and, and I've addressed it, uh, but I wanted to let you know. Those conversations get much more difficult down the road, particularly as you near retirement, because something that's been going for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, as you get near retirement, all of a sudden, need to be discussed <laughs> and it's one of those conversations uh if there's something i need to let you know right. uh, even passwords simple simple as passwords but I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that as as we progress uh, through our discussion yeah so yeah like you said those conversations are difficult to manage and i may um do you suggest people having these this conversation prior to getting married Oh, absolutely. I would hope. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people will have conversations uh, prior to marriage, but I actually had to go through, I want to say it was like a year-long program where you hit all different types of facets and something like that is I recommend for most people. Uh, you hit on, on children, you hit on finances, the values, what are your goals? Uh, do they align? You did premarital counseling for a year? You did premarital counseling for a year? It was part of the marriage process that we did. It was oh, awesome. All, all, it was re required, actually. Awesome. And Wonderful. so uh, we both went through that together, and it was about a year long. It was oh, quite a process. Yes, yes. And like you said, having all that information up front, but then as you start to progress through life, have babies, you know, um, still have your parents or all this and different changes in the economy, life changes. And we're seeing yeah, that now. Yeah. The hard part too is, is when you have a, a, a child born at the hospital, they hand the baby to you and say, hey, good luck. And you walk out the door and it's like, we've got this baby and there's no instruction manual. What are we going to do? And so some of it, you, you just have to learn for experience. But fortunately, there's professionals such as yourself, Dr. Kelly, and myself, that people can go to uh, for guidance uh, as they try to navigate all these challenges. And as you mentioned, it, we're living in an ever-changing, quicker world that as soon as you get used to something or learn it, it changes, which can be very frustrating <laughs> for some people. Yes. Has retirement plans even the definition of retirement plan, has that changed over the decades or has things? Oh, tremendously. So in our minds, what we envision retirement that look for our parents and grandparents is going to be completely different 
for us and our kids. For example, in the 80s, according to the Employee Benefit Financial Foundation, uh, 60% of the people had a pension plan, meaning they retire, they get a monthly income till they die, and then it'll go to their spouse till they die. Today, that number's at 4%. So people have had to now take responsibility and save for retirement themselves. Unfortunately, even with 401k plans through employers, where they get the employer match, fewer than 50% are actually contributing to get that full employer match. It's, it's, it's crazy. And people now retiring, which is about 10,000 people a day of the boomer generation, 60% of those people uh, are relying on Social Security. And when Social Security came out in 1935, the average life expectancy was age 65. Well, now you retire at 65 and you're going to live to 82, 83 on average. Uh, And if you got longevity in the family, it's even going to be on that. So what we're faced with today is tremendously different than what we grew up with. That's a great question. Yeah. And I'm curious, um, in my generation, and I'm almost 50, I'm thinking there is going to be no um, Medicare or no Social Security. You know, I hear that a lot from individuals, and, and the younger people get, the more loudly it goes. Yes. I, it's going to be there in some fashion, uh, but they're probably going to have no choice to extend when you start receiving your full Social Security benefit. For example, 50, you're going to have to wait till 67 to receive your full benefit. That's today. By the time you actually get to 67, they might have changed it to 70. So you you have to figure that out. Uh, exactly right. Things things keep changing. Uh, it's different. Social Security. Uh, there's really four sources now. Most planners, financial planners, will only address three. Uh, you've got your your retirement plans at work. You've got Social Security, other assets. But a fourth one's really becoming more important because. Most people, most of the savings are either in the 401k plan or their home. Everything else they've had to tap into where the lid's off. So, oh, let's go on a vacation and we've got money. We can afford it. We'll figure it out later. With a home, though, particularly with values going up, they now can take that reverse mortgage. And Harvard did a study last July and found, because it used to be the goal at retirement was to have your home paid off. Harvard did a study last July and found half the people, 46%, now have a mortgage in retirement Mm -hmm. due to either refinancing, and they didn't shorten the term. (laughs) They still have that 30-year mortgage. In the average mortgage for someone 65 to 74 is $77,000. Well, that wasn't the case even 20 years ago, 15 years ago. So things are changing dramatically. So a reverse mortgage allows you to get rid of that mortgage payment. Now the financial institution will send you a monthly check uh, until the day you die and then uh, the home's paid off and the balance goes to your beneficiary kids, uh, whoever you want it to go to. Uh, so reverse mortgages are not like the first ones came out uh, where the fees were very expensive. Uh, they're much, they require one hour of counseling now. They're much different. And I think many young people will end up tapping into that resource. 
Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about these four and the changes of um, even the pressures of today. How do we decide? Because many of us that who are retiring or starting to retire, think about it, also have other responsibilities. You know, yes, yes. yes. So do you, you know, take care of that or do you save for the future? How do we figure all this out? So we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll talk about that. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on Vacation Counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. We're here with Jim Magadans, and Jim has, um, he specialized in retirement and helping individuals and couples prepare for the future. So Jim was talking about, I guess, the four, I don't know if you call them aspects, or four ways to retirement. Four sources of retirement income. Yeah, four sources. Yeah, four sources. Yes, yes. As we're talking about retirement funds, social security, assets, and then you are just now explaining reverse mortgages. So as a couple is thinking about retirement and maybe they're planning things, and as in today's world, things are happening. You know, whether it is an unexpected um, parent, you got to take care of because of all the stuff dealing with COVID or maybe adult child cannot find work because of all this. How do you start that conversation? And what do you, what do you think about? How do you go about that process? That's a great question, Dr. April. Most individuals will, will think it's about numbers and it's really, the numbers is the easy part. The hard part is those touchy-feely type questions. In other words, when we retired, we want to live closer to the kids and grandkids and have to move from, say, Florida to Wisconsin. And now you've got winter, (laughs) Uh, but we're closer to the kids and grandkids. Or do we want to travel? Do we want our standard living to remain the same? That's really where it starts. And in the perfect world where all the stars align, both individuals 
uh, values, goals, everything will line up and they'll say, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That's where we should retire. But in reality, it doesn't work like that because maybe there's a, a second marriage and you've got a couple sets of kids spread out, some out west, some out east. Now, now that conversation gets a little bit more complex. Maybe there's a business, but I can't leave because I've got to run my business or they might need help even though I'm out of the business. Many people emotionally can't let go. Uh, that's what makes a reverse. The most challenging thing about a reverse mortgages is they no longer have control of their own home because essentially mm-hmm. what you've done, you now <laughs> signed it over to an institution who in turn is going to give you a monthly income till the day you die. Uh, and they don't like to give up control. That's one right. of the risks of retirement is slowly losing control of your assets. Most people who've spent 30, 40 years building those up don't particularly so like that process. Back, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't really yeah. like that process. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and so, um, and you've mentioned again, this reverse mortgages. So that is like, the you think one of the new sources that more people are going toward and adding it's, in there? It's, this is a good question too. It's It's been around for right. years. Uh, on TV now, you see Tom Selleck. Uh, he's promoting, yeah. I don't even know the company, but he's there and, and he's right. It's not like the old mortgages from years ago, uh, reverse mortgages. Uh, it's, it's got a lot more attention. I still don't see a lot of financial planners working with that fourth, but I like to leverage all the tools at our disposal and working with people. Uh, what I'm seeing is they're just simply not saving enough in their own retirement plans as it shifted from the pension to now the individual responsibility to save for them. And then we don't really know what it is because it's in the market and it goes up and it goes down. And so we're kind of guessing to a point long-term where it's going to be as we get closer, certainly we need more reviews and we can nail it down pretty quickly. But the second part, social security, most people have no clue as to what they're going to receive for social security. There's an easy way to do that. If they go to ssa.gov and open an account, they can see all their numbers. If they retire at 62, 65, if they wait to maximize it at 70, it's all there. All they have to do is go to ssa.gov, create an account, log in, and see it. Uh, so there's tools available. People just aren't aware of them to leverage them. And then the third other assets, uh, most people have a hard time balancing today's needs with planning for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or they just, you know, I'm going to live for today, and tomorrow is going to bring what tomorrow brings, and I'll deal with it then. Uh, look around, and you will notice a lot of people who retired are working part-time. Right. There's a reason for that. Right. Uh, now, some want to keep busy. Uh, some do volunteering. But there, for every one of those, there's probably two or three working because they have to. Right, right. And like you said, they want to keep a certain standard of living. Exactly. It yeah. used to be the old school of thought was we only need 70 to 80% of our pre-retirement income to retire on. At this point now with the new economic environment, 
it's almost impossible for expenses to go down in retirement. A healthy couple retiring now are going to have right around the neighborhood with health care costs and long-term care expenses uh, right around Mm. $400,000. It's a changing world. And the longevity, uh, the medical advances are tremendous. And people, granted, the life expectancy actually during COVID has gone down, actually gone down a year and a half. But that's short term as we get get further and further away from the impact of this pandemic. It will start to lengthen again. And if there's any longevity in your family, the the next High priority worry is, am I going to have enough money to live on or am I going to run out of money? Right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking um, about the thing I said earlier. And since you've talked to a lot of couples and a lot of relationships and all that kind of stuff, when couples get together and sometimes one person really understands finances extremely well and they want to, they take it over and they do everything. Um, is that sometimes better or worse than when two people come together to talk about it? Or... That is definitely worse. Yes. You okay. would think it'd be better, but you, you've got this couple and you've got this financial expert doing everything. And when that financial expert dies, now there's an issue because right. the surviving spouse doesn't know anything and there's no other advisor tied in the loop to know and so that's a very dangerous situation and so they should always have another advisor tied in for that very reason but that's a classic mistake and it doesn't you don't have to be a formal expert you you just handle all the household affairs but when you're gone where's the list of passwords right just to get into everything uh (laughs) <laughs> the simple things like that. Uh, and that's beyond the scope of our discussion, but a death packet is is also a good idea. And that includes everything. When I die, here's what you need to know. Right, right, right. And that, that does definitely help. And I think people need to do that at all ages because you never know when something. You, you don't. You don't have to call it a death packet. That's just what I call mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I know when you were talking about when people have difficulties with finances, and I see it, um, and you talked about um, sometimes addressing that emotional need, that emotional stuff. What I've seen sometimes is that many times we deal with our finances through what we saw our parents do. I don't know if you've seen seen that. Yes, yeah, or... The first person is like, I need to run this by my my mom or dad uh, to get their opinion. And the challenge with that is the parents want to give good guidance to the kids. But the financial world is so different in what they grew up in. Uh, My parents bought their home with a signature. Right. There's, there's no credit or the down payments or you go in there and you sign it and it's like, I got my home. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot different yeah. now. Yeah, and with the internet, Cal- everything is connected. How a young person can save a down payment, California is beyond me. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. They tried that 40-year mortgage that, that didn't work out so well. 
Right. I've heard anything about that for some time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even as I'm thinking about now, well, here in Florida, I'm not sure about in Wisconsin, um, the prices of housing and everything is going nuts. It's, and, and that's a good discussion going on now uh, between economists and other advisors is, is this booming value in homes where it was 200,000 now it's worth almost 400,000. Is that real or is it Memorex? <laughs> and there's a, it's like 50, 50. Half the economists are saying, you, you, we think this thing's going to last. And the others are like, it's a bubble. They're, this is people are just coming in and paying more money than what they're even asking for. These these values are just being made up. So it's going to be interesting. Myself, I see so many home buyers now paying more than what they're even asking for, and the banks won't even lend that full amount. That's cash right. to get the home. That's that's not the real value of the home, quite frankly. And I think it's got to come down. Yeah. And how do you even, like you said, with these four sources and you're thinking about retirement, you know, do you buy the house, which increased the asset or do you take (laughs) that money and put it into your retirement plan, which is affected by the stocks and you never know where that's going. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who want to downsize tremendously and they have this, the the big home where they had big family, now might not be a bad time to sell. One of my friends who is a financial planner, they actually sold their home. Their daughter bought it, and they're going to live in an apartment for two years. That's mm-hmm. their game plan. Uh, but they've got a cottage you know, up north. They've got other things. But uh, it depends on what your goals and objectives are. That's where you really need to start. Uh, probably the worst place to start is like, oh, our home's worth this much. Let's cash in and. And next question is, where are we going to live now? Right, right. So I guess as, as we're talking about how to start in the sense of this conversation as a couple, you first start with the emotions and calming things down, you know, and then like you said, start with the goals. What, what, what is our goal? And would you suggest um, having a visual display or how would you suggest going about that for a couple? So I think individuals do need a track to guide them so the proper questions can be asked Mm. because most individuals don't know the questions to ask. I have so many people come to me and and they say, the market's going down. What should I do? Uh, The three key questions people come to me when they're thinking about retirement our number one is the health insurance. Mm-hmm. Number two, when when should I start taking Social Security? And number three, when should I stop working? And it's not like years ago, you brought up parents. When our parents retired, there was this on-off switch. Today I'm working, tomorrow I'm not. Right. And I'm retired. That's no longer the case. Uh, it's really old school thought. You really almost have phased retirement. The IRS actually has something called phased retirement. Uh, it's got to be approved with your HR in, in benefit plans. But let's assume we're working five days. It's got to be at least 20%. So I could take Friday off in 20% then I could receive from retirement and the other four days work. Or it could be three days working 40% off. Right. Two days off. Okay. So you're seeing kind of a blend now and it ease over time. 
versus that on off switch. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you just said an important thing, um, having someone ask the white questions. You know, um, back in the day, um, many people didn't have what they call financial planners. Yep. Explain what a financial planner is and is it critical that every couple have one? That's a great question. And all financial planners are not equal. Oh. Meaning they, just like any other industry, like let's take a doctor. There's right. pediatricians work with the kids. Uh, there's, you know, oncologists work with individuals who have cancers. They specialize in things. Same thing with financial planners. Some financial planners will not work with individuals who have less than $500,000 of assets. They just won't. And, and so some will just charge a fee. In Florida, they can do both. They can get commissions from the products. They can charge a fee. That's why many advisors often will, will move to Florida so they can hit you both ways. Uh, most other states, it's one or the other. That's good to know. And so what you want is is a checklist of questions when you initially meet an advisor to to find out, you know, what kind of experience do you have? Tell me about your ideal customer. Are they people like me or is it someone completely different? What professional credentials do you have? Are you a certified financial planner, a chartered financial consultant? How many years have you been, been around? Uh, what do you do for reviews uh, and so forth? Uh, what type of plans do we get and do you do risk management? in addition to investing or just investing? Because some planners uh, will only do investing and won't do any of the risk management. The risk management is addresses the risk. Things like, what if I die? What if I become disabled? What if I go bankrupt? Uh, what if I get sued? Uh, all those types of things that you build all the investments up that can tear the investments down. Okay. So and it's important also- to do both. Yeah, with the risk, they also address the um, fluctuation in the market? Yes, absolutely. That's I have about 10 risks I talk about. Uh, particularly, there's a, a book I'm creating now called Live for Today, But Plan for Tomorrow. And, and we start talking about all those different risks and how do you mitigate them? Because you can, you can accept the risk. You can make it go away, you can reduce it or uh, transfer it to, say, an insurance company. In that, for example, life insurance or disability income insurance, uh, salary reduction uh, insurance, all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. You bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so like you said, it needs to have both the investment and the risk management. Yes. As well as all those soft things, the, the first conversation is not about numbers. But it's like, tell me about yourself and what you what is it you want to do? Uh, the first conversation with a planner should never be about solutions. Okay. It it should all be about getting to know the planner and the planner getting to know you. Uh, share different thing, bring copy of your work benefits, go through all those. Most people get a copy and don't ever see them again. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of like a, a car owner's manual. It's in the car someplace, but I haven't seen it in years. Right. Uh, it's important to, to to at least have a planner aware of all those things. You, the individual doesn't have to be an expert in them, but you kind of got to know 
what you have. Uh, I can't tell you the number of people I've sat down. It's like, oh, by the way, I've got this this thing here. I'm not sure what it is, and it might be a hundred thousand dollars in a CD that they just completely forgot about. It's it's amazing. Because as I'm thinking, even as, as being in this pandemic, um, and especially if you're working for a company, you should start to look and make sure you have your ducks in a row now, because. I mean, these, this last year and a half has been nuts for a lot of families. You don't know what to expect. Exactly. You know, you, in you the change. That. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen that yourself in working with couples that something has been affected by this pandemic? Of- oh, yeah. And, and it's people who are actually in a pretty stable situation. I see exhibiting the same anxiety and concern of people in unstable situations right? because they don't know what's going to happen. Companies overnight are making huge long-term decisions uh, that affect the workforce. Uh, Automation uh, has been speeded up. Uh, We're on on Zoom calls today. There's so many meetings with Zoom before I, when I would meet with, with some individuals throughout the country just get an airplane fly and have an hour conversation and fly back uh that's just not efficient with with zoom meetings anymore it's the same thing happening uh in the world is the automation uh take a look at pizza dominoes but but twenty four thousand of those white (laughs) pizza delivery uh cars autonomous cars that'll drive themselves amazon i believe bought a hundred thousand uh trucks all those vans that people are buying to, to redo and travel the country uh, are having a hard time finding them because Amazon scooped a lot of them up for autonomous vehicles. So it's going to be interesting here in the next two to five years, things continue to accelerate. So things unfortunately are not going to stop changing. And so that's a whole different attitude uh, that we, it, it's so much more different than from when our parents grew up. Mm-hmm. I call it the new economic environment. Okay, okay. So things, since things are always changing, I wonder how often should couples sit down and really talk about these things? Because you would think, oh, back in the day, we talked about it every five or six years, but our life is totally different than it was, um, yeah, five years ago. Yeah, yeah a, a lot of customers, yeah. we, we'd call that, uh, and clients is, we'll set it and forget it. Right. That was pretty, well, I just want to set it and never forget it and never have to worry about it again. That's pretty dangerous now, right, so <laughs> particularly with often, tax law changes and so forth. Yeah. How often should these conversations be happening? It's a good question. It's really, you start with the age, that tells you a lot. So even when you start being out, it should be pretty regular because in 25 to 35, it changes all the time. And so you want to keep abreast of those. There's, there's a little, once the kids are out, there's a, a little quiet time, should we say? when people become empty nesters and when they have to do their pre-retirement planning, that's probably the quiet time, but you want to definitely touch base with advisors as well, because now you've got more discretionary income. So once a year is a good place to start, even when you're younger. And once you get mid fifties, it could be even every six months because that's where you need to do the pre-retirement planning, your Medicaid planning. You should start talking about Social Security, 
are you fully insured? You need 40 quarters. That's way beyond <laughs> what we're talking about today. But you need to know if you're going to be eligible for Social Security in in Medicaid Part A or if you're going to have to pay a premium through Medicaid Part A if you haven't worked 10 years. Right. Uh, and that's important where you have one spouse who does and one who doesn't. Right. So, okay. yeah. And then once you retire, you still need uh, and reviews because and that's where my expertise really lies is in the distribution strategies. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about, I know there's some couples out there who are struggling in the sense of, um, should I put this money in retirement? But I don't know in today's world where the economy is going, you know, and if I put it in retirement, I won't be able to touch it. <laughs> so I just keep it in my pocket, but it won't grow as much, you know, so yeah, I'm going to talk about that and see if there's any questions from the audience. We'll take a break and we'll be back in a moment. If you're listening, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. If you have stress, you should get a therapist. How do you find a therapist? You go online, type in therapist near me. Then you find a list of letters. LMHC, LPC, NCC. Ugh, how can you navigate and understand all this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in supporting people who suffer from stress, anxiety, burnout, and more. You can have help today. drkellyboucher.com. Welcome back to the Bring an Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. Well, we've been talking with Jim Magadance, and we've been talking about retirement and retirement intimacy, and as couples, um, especially in this pandemic season, couples are struggling. Some of them are struggling, and some of them deciding, you know, do I take money out of retirement? Do I put money in retirement? I don't know what's going on in the world right now. Should I save it? Because sometimes there's a theory that if you put it in, you won't be able to get it out when you need it. Jim, what do you say about all this? <laughs> there are options. And so we have to take a look at what's happening today. There's three significant events happening. One is we have a historical high national debt, and we may soon be adding another $3.5 trillion. Uh, That's big. That affects all of us tremendously. The next thing is we have historical low income taxes and historical low interest rates. So the interest rate's a great time to refinance auto loans, homes. Everybody kind of gets that. But with the debt, that's got to be paid somehow. And income taxes being low is not going to do it. So the, the only option we have is at some point, we're going to have to increase income taxation. So one approach is what I want to do is start exposing tax money to taxes now when the income taxes are lower and down the road when income taxes have to go up, I can pull it out tax-free. And so that's the strategy, uh, uh, a low or no income tax at retirement. So one of the tools that I like using is, is called the Roth IRA. You can do it individually on a 401k. If you make too much money, you can even do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA because they have limitations how much money you can earn. But everybody can, if you're working, uh, 
we can get you into a Roth IRA because what that allows you to do is uh, distributions from a Roth IRA are taken from the money you put in first, which has already been taxed. And then it gets earnings and so forth. Because normally with retirement plans, if you take money out before 59 and a half, you're going to have a 10% IRS penalty, state tax, federal tax. And even in the state of Wisconsin, there's 3.3% tax. So you're going to lose like 45%. But with the Roth IRA, uh, contributions come out first. And if you recall, well, you want uh, earnings are the only portion that are subject to penalties and tax, income tax. So if my contributions have already been taxed and they're not earnings and I take them out, I don't have to pay any state, federal income tax, nor any IRS or state penalty. In other words, if I put in $1,000 in my Roth, right. it grows to 1200 okay. and I have emergency, my car breaks down, and then I need $700. For, so I take 700 on my Roth IRA. I just take the 700 out. There's no ramification to that, okay. provided the product doesn't have any surrender charges, uh, as some products do. But uh, a normal stock where you pay the, the charge up front is generally it's not going to have any back-end charges. So that's one good strategy. Now, the downside of that is now the $700 net is not in there for retirement. But it allows you to get started. It's not important what you're saving is. It is developing the habit of at least getting started, even if it's $25 a month. Right, definitely. Yeah. Well, we have a question from Lisa from Nevada. She's kind of on this thing here um her husband wants to take money out and invest in bitcoins <laughs> you know i i have to laugh i i have a, a re- repairman who's at my house in wisconsin uh wisconsin sits on a big bubble of, of radon gas right. if you look it up google you'll see this big bubble underneath the ground and it's radon and so in wisconsin you have to have radon uh tubes and all that so mine are being replaced and it you know he's talking about how do you want to be paid and all that and he goes well you could pay me in bitcoin and i laugh because what the they say the selling point of bitcoin is well you look at where it started and what it's worth today look how much money you would be would make today so that's breaking rule number one <laughs> buy low sell high and now you're buying high. Uh, number two is what you don't hear is the back-end charges. I was doing some reading on Bitcoin the other day, and they gave the example of an equivalent. If you were to go to an ATM and withdraw $100, the ATM fee, if it were Bitcoin, would be $20. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's really expensive to pull out, and it's very volatile. So the closer you get, to retirement in it's it, let's assume it you put some money you know with those other assets and i put money in bitcoin and it goes down because it's just like being in the stock market it's going to go up it's going to go down and if you're close to retirement and put too much into it and it goes down you've got options reduce your standard of living or in 2008 2009 when the stock market went down what i saw most I don't know, hardly anybody reduced their standard of living, but what they did do is work three to five more years. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask that earlier because you mentioned about standard of living 
um, is it to assume that for most people that retire, your standard of living is going to come a little, it's going to come down. There's no way of actually keeping it up. Yeah. And unfortunately that that's what's even if individuals are working part-time provided their health allows it uh, because some people have to retire early due to health. Well, it's quite a few, more than some, and they don't have a choice. They just, their bodies wore out. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, knees to back, they just can't work anymore. Uh, They don't have any choice. Money allows you and provides you options. Mm -hmm. Without that money, uh, there just aren't a lot of options. Your choices become fewer and fewer uh, without that additional money to give you options. Right. That's what it's all about. Right. So as a couple, um, if there are, like you said, it's about choices. What if they have different choices on what to do with their money, on how to spend it? You know, whether I save it for retirement or, you know, I help my parents out. <laughs> yeah, how do couples, you know, yeah, or help it's... their grown children or grandchildren out? Yes, because there are a lot of people out there raising their grandchildren. And trying to retire. That, that's a really good question because practically every couple has got that question. Something, everybody, everybody's got something going on. And maybe I've got this, my mother that needs some additional uh, care and so forth. And nobody else, all the other kids aren't close. And now we're going to have to take a little bit of our extra money uh, to help out because her furnace died got to be taken care of we can't let her freeze to death and we'll fix the furnace well does the other spouse have a say or significant other uh you know that (laughs) you'd be a cold-hearted person not to agree but that's just an example Uh, all different types Uh, i see with younger families the question is particularly with things going on with schools and face mask and everything is the discussion. Uh, do we allow them to go to public or do we send them to private or do we put them in a charter school, all of which costs differently? I see that conversation going on among the younger couples with children uh, today. Uh, that's right. a very common discussion. And boy, that can go, <laughs> can go any which way. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And um, nobody said it was going to be easy. No, it's not. It's not. I'm also a believer of having it because some of us are um, visual learners. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And so when I talk with couples, and sometimes they've been arguing about, you know, money and finances, and we talk about sometimes doing some kind of visual display because, you know, what I mean, what's $100 can mean one thing to one person versus something to another. But if you put it on a visual display, on what it does or what, you know, what it's in, it makes a whole you're, story. You're exactly right. So when I work with uh, accountants or engineers, maybe mechanical engineer, electrical, they're very analytical uh, in its math. But yet when I'm working with doctors, they're not so much math. They, I'll draw a big circle <laughs> and I'll just grab my legal pad and draw some pictures and talk about them. Uh, because they can grasp that really quick. It makes sense. Right. Uh, although they certainly can get technical and analytical right. if needed, and they have to many times. But 
I see that as the preferred method of communication often. Yeah, so that's why often in presentations, we'll do both. We'll talk and then on the side, we'll have the PowerPoint with the chart and everything so uh, they can see. Uh, for example, I've got this chart of debt, national debt in the U.S. that shows 1944 was the highest. And right. that's when Ronald Reagan made movies. And the highest tax rate at that point uh, was, was 90%, uh, 94%. And he lived in California. California tax was 6% uh, on anything over 200000 Right. So we do two movies, 100000 each, and then one make any movies because he'd be working for free. yes well thank you so much for being on the show and if people are listening and they want to get in contact with you can you please share how they can get in contact with you sure Uh, it'd be jim at the fun sun company f-u-n-s-u-n like the sun company.com okay and on that website you have um workshops and stuff there's a variety of ways uh, to follow up with us. Uh, we we do workshops, uh, presentations, uh, Zoom meetings, uh, a variety of different things. In my event coordinator, who's out of Atlanta, uh, will work on a lot of that stuff. Uh, she's Carrie at the Fun Sun Company, K-E-R-R-Y, and she can help set up a lot of that stuff as well. Okay, thanks for sharing all that. That's going to be in our show notes if you're out there listening. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome. And for all our listeners out there, um, for our upcoming show next week, we have Nikki Nash. And Nikki Nash has a great book called Unleash Your Genius. On September 30th, we have Richard Lewis. He's talking about sitting with God and learning how to hear him. And then in October, we have a slew of couples starting with George and Denise Suarez on October 7th and Rachel and Aaron Shaw on October 14th. Both of those couples will be talking about love and recovery and boundaries and relationship. So if you're listening and you really enjoy listening for us, please go onto our website. There's So we say we're a nonprofit. You're able to donate, but also you can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, LinkedIn, we're all in all of it. So it's been a wonderful show. Thank you so much, Jim, for being on the show. And this has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show. Bringing Intimacy is real. I'll see you guys next week.